What is going on, world? And welcome to the What You Got podcast, where we talk topics A to Z and everything in between. I'm Jordan Palmer, joined, as always, by Mr. Charlie Bud, And today, we're talking NFTs, non-fungible tokens. The things you've probably heard about over the course of the last uh, half year to year, but might not know too much about. I don't understand it either, some, some of it, at least. And I think that's kind of the point. (laughs) (laughs) We were definitely in the same position early on this week until we did a little bit of studying up to determine whether or not this is an opportunity to make some money or just a big scam. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, bud, with that being laid down as our framework for this particular episode, what you got? Well, I mean, NFTs, you know, non-fungible tokens, you know, fungible meaning an item that could be replicated. So it's, an, it's supposed to be an item that is non-replicable. Uh, yeah, that's total BS. I mean, most of these NFTs, at least in the current sense that we're seeing them, are used as in the art world, right? Like, you know, we're seeing most people selling arts or the first tweet from the Twitter lord, Jack Dorsey, or I guess the former, well, he's the former lord of Twitter, the former CEO. Um you know, selling his first, a screenshot, mind you, of his first tweet, which I can go and take for freaking free. And um, that's kind of the biggest, like, issue with NFTs is that, like, what is exactly that you're buying? You know, what is it that you're buying? You know, and I think that video kind of, the one that we're talking about, if anybody wants to watch, and you should, I highly recommend checking it out. It's called Line Goes Up, The Problem with NFTs by Folding Ideas. Um, but I think in this video, Dan even says like, you're basically just buying a receipt of the, the product. Like you're not actually buying the product. You're buying the receipt that the certificate that you bought it, not the actual thing. So say for example, that the server that your image is hosted on goes down forever. Guess what? The thing that you bought, it's gone. You don't have it anymore. It's just gone. So um, it's not really actual ownership and that's why I think it's a scam, but the actual like process of NFT NFTs and the whole crypto space, which I think we'll get into more is like, definitely an area that I don't think myself or Jordan here fully understands because I think it is meant to be overly complex because it is at the end of the day, a scam, but what are your thoughts? Palmer? Oh no. Audio technical difficulties we'll be right back after this short break (laughs) and we're back okay bud to answer your your question there is it a you know what do i think is it a scam i just want it known that i was just silenced and i don't think it's a coincidence that i was about to say my spiel on nfts when all of a sudden my microphone went out they're watching they're listening people because they know. They're watching. They're listening. They're in the system. They know. In the blockchain. They're in the blockchain. They know that it's a scam themselves. Oh, my. So, dude, here's my take. I literally thought, <laughs> my my naive self, that when you bought something, I knew that you were getting the receipt and essentially you'd have ownership. But at the same time, I thought maybe, for example, Board Ape Yacht Club which is one of the most popular NFT, I guess, platforms, allows you to purchase the rights to a picture of a bored ape. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, you actually get the ape. No, you don't get the ape. You just get 
the receipt to the ape. And so I was like, so what is what is it exactly that I'm buying? And the crazy thing is, these aren't just going for, you know, a dollar or twenty dollars. Obviously there are those ones, but these are going for hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think that I'm not sure if I'm right. I think that Board Ape Yacht Club has gone over a billet to the moon, as these people say, in terms of how much money it has generated. So I'm in the same kind of uh, group with you as thinking this is possibly a scam. But in order to unpack that, I just kind of want to discuss more along the lines of the process for acquiring slash what it is. I know we said it's a receipt, but what that is exactly. So there's the platform, Ethereum, one of several platforms. And essentially, in addition to the money you actually have to pay up front to purchase an item, you have to pay, what is it, like a specific fee to Ethereum? Is that correct? It's called gas. Oh, so gas. Well, that's like for, um, I think that's for mining, if I understand correctly. I don't necessarily think that uh, people who, whoops. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm going to, just because I'm not in, too familiar with um, what gas necessarily is, mm-hmm. I think it's, Okay, so it's a pricing value required to have Oh, okay, so there is a transaction on the Ethereum blockchain uh, platform, uh, commonly referred to as gas, and also sometimes called nano. With the gas is used to allocate resources of the Ethereum virtual machine, so the decentralized applications such as smart contracts can self-execute in a secured but decentralized fashion. Okay. Um, so I did not know this, I guess, because. I have not purchased, I guess, actual like Ethereum uh, crypto. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching that video and I was a little confused on what exactly that it was. Um, so it looks like, yeah, if you buy Ethereum, you have to pay this gas fee and the price can vary why like massively. Yep. And uh, so I think as I now kind of recalling what Danielson says in the video, he says like, um, you know, if a concert tickets go to go on for sale and SeatGeek is just slammed with users, you don't see concert tickets being absolutely upcharged a thousand percent for you to buy those tickets. However, that literally happens with gas prices for on the Ethereum network. If there's a bunch of people crashing the site or wherever you buy Ethereum, the gas price for the transaction fee is going to go up by like a thousand percent. Yup, absolutely. And so that's, I was like, just. This is so fascinating in that if you're basically going to play in this early round and honestly in perpetuity because it only gets harder from here in order to break mm-hmm. into the space, you have to have significant funds, specifically looking at the uh, Board Ape Yacht Club or some of those other platforms where, where the NFTs cost more. And then that transaction fee also costs a significant amount of money or can, can cost. Mm-hmm. So that kind of leads to the point, and as you had mentioned before, that this is a scam because... I didn't understand the fact that the promise of an NFT is not so much in purchasing. It's in holding on to it, hoping that someone after you sees more value in what you purchase than you do so that they can then buy that. You make some money. And then I guess the strategy becomes the same for them in that they're going to pray somebody buys it from them for more money. 
Is that how you've understood it as well? That's how I've understood it. And it kind of sounds something like a pyramid scheme, a bigger <laughs> fool, if you will. I mean, I think about it like this. You could theoretically mint an NFT on the Ethereum network to today. And because crypto isn't necessarily regulated, you could have two crypto wallets, one anonymous and one under your name where you have the NFT that you're trying to sell. You could create a second crypto wallet, buy your own NFT for X amount of dollars, say 5,000, and you suddenly created an NFT that now has $5,000 when it was currently worth nothing. Then you can sell that in your other crypto wallet where you purchase this your own NFT from your other crypto wallet, because remember two crypto wallets here, you can then sell it for $6,000 to someone else because like, hey, I just bought this for $5,000 and now do I will sell it to you for 6000 because it clearly has a worth or even go less because it's still your money at the end of the day. You can $4,000 or less, 3000 whatever. It's a net value to you regardless of what you sell it for. You just have to create an artificial price. Dude, I didn't even realize that's actually super brilliant because aside from the transaction cost, you're basically giving yourself the money. So you're setting the market for whatever yeah. you think that you should be compensated mm -hmm. for whatever it is you're doing. So essentially, I and I like to think of myself as an artist, but I'm not an artist artist. Yeah. Could draw a stick figure, right? Yep. Put it up. NFTs are ugly. Yes. NFTs are ugly. Yes, they are. And apparently that, that increases the draw and the attraction. That's that's the hip that's the hip thing with the NFTs. So they're supposed to be ugly. And I don't I don't get because once again, what are you getting? You're just getting a receipt and the possibility. And maybe the possibility to flex it on the internet. <laughs> Which this is so funny. In a video, they were talking about a guy who was like, oh, the benefits of NFTs. And he's like, he uses the NFT that he purchased as his icon in terms of social media and whatnot. Which we could all do. We just have to screenshot it and put it as our own personal icon. Yeah, I could just right click save picture. And he's like, it makes me feel like I'm not like I'm, I'm an individual. I'm not a part of, you know, the the traditional way everybody thought. I'm like, dude, at the end of the day, I could do the same. Also, I mean, I have some crazy like icon. Like my group me is of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. playing pool at Morehouse. That is it's not me. I can commission a work of art to have a portrait of me and I would save myself probably a massive amount of money than going to buy an NFT to quote unquote represent me on social media. This is just coping mechanisms for these people. <laughs> they need a way to justify the amount of money that they spent on these on this non-product. And the sad thing is also that once again it comes down to a matter of and this is a problem with crypto and some of the other like um I guess uh anonymous platforms that there is the possibility for bad actors to somehow make it into the mix specifically when thinking about nfts how do you know who has the rights to be selling what it is that they're selling so i know that some people have expressed um you know the satisfaction obviously with the fact that some of their artwork has basically been sold as an nft but they didn't have the right didn't get the rights for that or anything and what i found out was and this is supposed to be a promise of nfts you're supposed to be making money in perpetuity. That's also another promise from if you joined in at any point in any transaction. So if I was the initial seller and I sold it for $5 and then somebody sold it for $20 and then it went for 50, I get a portion of each sale from there so I can continue to make like money. Royalties off. essentially. Yes, absolutely. So once again, it goes to supporting that, that idea 
that you're looking for a bigger fool to buy it down the road when it becomes way, way more lucrative or expensive for them. Hence, hence why they call it a pyramid scheme. NFTs yes. specifically. And crypto is a Ponzi scheme. Well, we can get into that. Um, but yes, that's why they call it a pyramid scheme because the entire idea is that like you can have like this ledger because that's basically all the blockchain is really. It's just a digital ledger that tells you who's done what on the network and who and, and basically this is going to say like who's owned this art piece from who originally had it whoever minted it whoever had the first ownership all the way down to who bought it 20 people later and uh and it's it's interesting concept however this basically kind of exists with you know a royalties contract like you already people get paid royalties already like, unless this is supposed to be a more efficient way, I don't know how that could possibly be a more efficient way. I don't know the technicalities of how royalties work for, like, massive studios like Miramax or, like, uh, you know, Warner Rose or whatever versus, like, you know, the digital ledger of the blockchain where we're selling an art. And as you brought up, most of the NFTs are just stolen artwork. I think someone found that, like, 75 to 80% of the NFTs that are minted and sold on the Ethereum blockchain network is just stolen other people's art because you know why. People hear that these things are going for millions of dollars and they don't have the artistic talent to create something ugly, so they just, you know, crapshoot, pull stuff off the internet and just try to sell it as an NFT without asking for the person's right. So, like, it's already stupid. You can literally just save any image right now and put it on OpenSea, which it mints the thing or whatever to, like, create an NFT, and then, boom, you can put it on the Ethereum network and sell it. So, Jeez, dude, you said <laughs> they don't have the artistic talent. It's interesting. This is just a random aside, but it actually does take a lot of talent to create something ugly that's – quote-unquote ugly so it's like it's not visually appealing but because it's not visually appealing it becomes appealing that is mm -hmm. fascinating mm -hmm. jeez and it's just and i didn't know that the figure was 70 to 80 percent of what they suspect to be the artwork is you know stolen or it's not doesn't belong to the person selling and that's interesting too because in addition the largely the market consists of artwork but at the same time and as you mentioned you, know, you have jack dorsey selling the first tweet but it was a screenshot of the first tweet yes which i what's this is like is somebody just assuming that a collector is going to want it somewhere down the line and pay mm -hmm. them an absurd amount of money for that i i guess now knowing what we know from what i understand that's the, that's the case and i'm like once again it's but it's not the actual tweet you're just paying for a receipt that says you own it yeah, which is bizarre. Which is bizarre because I can technically just get it for free. My, you know, save picture, download, whatever, and it's just mine. You'll never know that, especially if I don't put it anywhere on the internet. Like, it's just mine suddenly. Um, do you think it has to do with something in like society or people in that we need to, like, we need that sense of pride in owning something? We can't just um, know it's out there. No, I definitely think that. I think there's like a huge part of this in a way. Um, I think having an uh, for for one thing, I think a lot of people like to own things for like having a sense of accomplishment, whether that be financial success or you know something they achieved in athletics, a video game, you know, you name it, or you know something in cinema, like you know winning an award or 
I think that it's just like, you know, you buy a nice car, right? For instance, like, you know, you buy a $100,000 car. You know, you don't necessarily need to buy the $100,000 car. A $30,000 car would do just fine. But the reason you buy the $100,000 car is probably because, like, A, you can afford it, and B, you want to flex that you are successful in life and that you are able to drive this car around. It's kind of, you know, a sense of accomplishment for yourself and to show other people, you know, this is my status. And there's an obsession with that, I think, within society for sure. I think um, video games have done this and played on this uh, repeatedly throughout their their history of you know uh hiding rewards and achievements behind things that are known to be challenging so you know players can go and accomplish this and then show off to their friends that like hey i did this challenge that only like you know 500 people have done in the world or something you know and that's cool people want to show it off it's just you know, it's just an interest thing. And I think the same thing can be applied with the NFTs. It's like buying the nice car. It's showing that you got money to just waste on a picture, you know, basically. And it's like a status symbol, especially for the Board 8 Yacht Club, the most prominent uh, NFT market, you know, a place that prides itself on calling it like a yacht club because the NFTs there are so expensive and it becomes so widely popular that you even see Jimmy Fallon shilling it out on his show, um, which is disgusting, by the way, because all they're trying to do is to get people like suckers, like, you know, watching their show to buy in to the crypto space uh, because, you know, if they need liquidity in the market so they can sell off their own Ethereum or whatever crypto that they have is assets because if there's no one there to buy, they can't sell it, which is why it's a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> so, um, roundabout way, but it, it, I see what you did there, and it's interesting too. So, as you were just explaining that, I was thinking about and it's ironic. I got a pair of Yeezys today, which is the collaboration mm -hmm. between I, I can't even call them Kanye West, Yay now, yeah. and Adidas. Yeah. And so, essentially, they're. Not too, too expensive on when you buy them from Adidas, but you have to enter a raffle, pray to God that you're one of the people that actually gets it. So Congrats. there's a resale market. Oh, see, that's the thing. So there's a resale market. And the resale market is people who basically put all these bots into the system. They buy up all the you know product uh, supply, and then they resell it for higher prices. So I had to buy it for a higher price because I, I wanted it. But at the end of the day, it's... You know, obviously you can flex it, but I was like, I have something physically to wear and I can do something with it mm. in terms of NFTs. Yeah, sure. You, you went through the whole process essentially, but you don't really have anything to show. Yeah. I, I guess you have the promise of maybe finding someone who's going to buy it from you. But at the same time, if it is, you know, absurdly priced, like who's really going to do that? So once again, and as you said, you have to create the secondary market, and so you need to increase, put more liquidity, I guess, within the, the space. And honestly, I don't see where they go from here because Neither as you see people buying up NFTs now, it's like those are the people who can afford them, but you need to have people who are richer than rich people from there to buy those, and you know that doesn't constitute a, a too large of a no. market. No, well, you gotta hope that like some up-and-coming, you know, zoomer millionaire who got rich <laughs> off the gamestop squeeze like is gonna go and buy your nfts because he's like to the moon baby and like uh but i think you know there's uh i lost my train of thought um you were good 
it's interesting too that there's the promise of community. It's like not only are you, I guess that's another thing that they try to like tout. Not only are you buying this thing that you could possibly sell for a lot of money, mm-hmm. also you're a part of this group. So I think it is the board ape yacht club that is like the good morning, good night, every day, just to like people just say, oh, we're all in this together, and they try to like you know. I like was reading something, and it's like they have community meetups, and they they have like a well, Discord or something. Yep, absolutely. It's just, but I mean. Is that so? Is that does that create enough motivation for you to actually want to purchase this thing? I no, it doesn't. You know, because there's no actual value to something like that digital, like a picture that's just created on the internet. Like, um, you know, it's 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 like I can buy, I can literally just download it for free. Go blow it up on my computer and hang it on as a frame painting on my wall or a frame picture on my wall for free because it's on the internet and it's not blocked by an actual paywall. Like there's no literal paywall. If there was an actual paywall to like, you know, be able to interact with the 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 NFT, then maybe we're talking something here. But even then, I wouldn't shell out that much money on it. And it's just a freaking image at the end of the day that if anybody posted as their Twitter profile picture, I can then just go ahead and save it myself. It doesn't work in that sense. You know, like there's no sense of ownership with the NFT because it's not like you get watermarked. It's not like it's suddenly watermarked or anything like that where you can claim that you own it other than you can show that you have the receipt because guess what? You don't actually own it. As we have mentioned numerous times, you own the receipt. And, you know, I think where a lot of people try to like push NFTs outside of like art, like, and they think it's always a big thing in art and yada, yada, yada. Uh, They also think it's going to like, you know, move on to books. And it's like these crypto bros as the internet culture has called them are just describing PDFs at the end of the day. You know, they're like, we're going to digitize books and like, so a PDF. Um, (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, not a PDF. It's a digitized book. What are you not understanding, bro? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, and then that like only one person can own? Who the fuck? Who would want that? So I can sell you a book for a hundred grand on what? You're going to sell me freaking Mark Twain's Moby Dick for a hundred thousand dollars when I can just go buy it at the library? Or rent it at a library? Like, no way, dude. First of all, what you're talking about already exists. Cryptocurrency and NFTs are trying to solve problems that they created themselves. Okay? Mm. like. So I guess the promise is that, or I guess you're in the best position if you're someone of note who bought an NFT. Because not only, I mean, nobody just wants the NFT. They kind of, I mean, they might, but whatever. But it's like, this is the NFT that, somebody owns so that's why i'm gonna buy it because other people want the nft that they owned and that's mm-hmm. i guess where the promise is but if you're just a regular person like who's gonna not sit on me but I don't, I don't understand i guess who's going to want your nft unless it's something really cool but it'd have to be really really cool for anybody to want it and to pay honestly anyone. Uh, there's literally no imagined scenario that i can think of where an nft should have as much value as they currently do or any value whatsoever it has no real world use it is just a way to flex your internet points in the sense that you show that you have way too much money and you can spend it on crap like nfts which i like to colloquially call no fucking thanks <laughs> did you come up with that 
No, I did not come up with that. Dang, I was going to say, dude, that would have been great. I couldn't <laughs> think the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just, it's just, it's the most, and I, the thing, and we talked about it early on, like when we first started, nobody really understands what, the, even now, as we sit here trying to talk it out, we, there's still some question marks. And so mm-hmm. because there is that kind of gap, people are able to become victims because they think that they know what it is. They might try to buy into it. Even if it's not like some $100,000 NFT, it might be, shoot, a thousand, honestly, $1. You're, that's messed up if you pay a dollar thinking you're going to get something out of that and nothing happens. Uh, and so it's just like uh, nobody knows. And it's very similar to, unfortunately, like the stock market and other things like that because a lot of times they'll throw a Greek letter for a word or they'll try to make it sound like it's very hard to understand. But at the end of the day, it's pretty simple if you just do yeah. a little bit of studying. And so because of that, you're more likely to shell out your money to someone who you think is an expert who's more or less just guessing like you are. And uh, that's much. how they create a create a market. I mean, you know, that is exactly true. I mean, a lot of financial institutions are overtly complex for the sake of being complex so they can trick you into thinking that they're the only ones who can do it uh same thing with crypto it's overtly complex for the sake of thinking that only the people within crypto understand crypto in order to rope you know potential suckers into the scheme and that's that's the problem with uh, cryptocurrency like and nfts as a whole I thought about that episode of SpongeBob where they're selling chocolate. Yeah. And when I was younger, I used to think that it was the same dude who was scamming SpongeBob and Patrick. I just realized that in that episode, there was like a bunch of scammers out <laughs> just trying to take their money. <laughs> but that's kind of how it feels like now. Like there's just people who are just need money trying to look for that guy who's going to, or girl who's going to, you know, pay it. And at the end of the day, unfortunately, a sucker is born every minute. Is that an actual quote, or did you make that up? No, no, that's an that's a quote. That's a quote. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish I'd made that up. But uh, wait, what was I? Also, there is the notion that some people are funding projects through NFTs. Like, I know some TV shows and other things are using NFTs, I guess, as a means of crowdsourcing. But the promise is that if you buy into the NFT, obviously, you're giving money to fund the project. But then you also get some kind of say in terms of what happens within it. Like if it's a show, like you actually have a say in terms of I'm sure that will work out beautifully. Who wouldn't want a thousand people's different opinions on how the show should go? And so that was my thing. Like, so I guess they just use majority, like they give a binary, like, do you want the person to jump off the ledge or stay on? Sorry, that was super morbid. (laughs) And then, um, (laughs) and then do you, and then just everybody votes yes or no, and you determine who has the most. But it's just, I guess the question becomes, what's the difference between an NFT in this case and just doing like a Kickstarter where more or less people would be giving money? I guess, is it just to give them the say? But I feel like at the end yeah. of the day, you could still kind of do that. On what Kickstarter. what exactly is this accomplishing? Like, what? How is this different than, as you mentioned, a Kickstarter or like any type of other investment into the show? Because it's like a promise that you can like have a like. Is it like because they have ownership? Like, I don't understand. Like, ownership of what? Yeah, if you're making like, money off the show, then we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> by being like an NFT owner. But then it just sounds not. like you're an investor. As in like in any other show, in any other, you know, network or 
you know, film industry, like there are investors sometimes, you know, independent. I don't really know how independent television necessarily works, but it definitely gets done. And, you know, they get investors, they put the show on, and then they find a network who wants to buy it. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, so I, once again, I'm at a loss here. Because there is a lot, a lot that I do not understand. Even though I like, I tried to research and tried to get a better sense for what it is that people are doing with all of this. I mean, like, I think today. they also really, like, try to sell you on that we're going to also be the, like, evolution of, like, housing contracts and stuff. Like, imagine if, like, you can have your housing contract minted as an NFT, then you can, like, you know, have your house there. And I'm like, yeah, well, that sounds like a terrible idea for a number of reasons that Dan Olson even pointed out in his video is that cryptocurrency in these uh, decentralized networks open themselves up to man-in-the-middle attacks. Which is like, not something you have to deal with with secure institutions like banks. <laughs> Dude, that was terrifying when he was talking about you can put like a landmine or something in someone's wallet. So if they go to touch it or do anything with it, then automatically all the like what's in it gets transferred out to some other party. And that mm-hmm. can happen at any time and that landmine or whatever it is is always in there. Which is mm-hmm. crazy. Or dude said he lost like $19,000 after having his wallet for a week because somebody did that to him. Yeah, and there's already been people reporting on Twitter about how their crypto wallets have been hacked and that they lose all their NFTs. And then like jokingly people say, can you please change your NFT or profile picture because you don't own that NFT anymore. <sighs> Savage. <laughs> it's dude. an absolute savage burn, and I am absolutely liking that every time. Oh my gosh. Wow. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, it's just it's 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 crazy. It's and we're pushing more things online. Which I mean, okay, I'll be real, like tapping your card is convenient if you're <laughs> going to the store, but, but I mean the more we incorporate technology into our everyday lives, the more we're opening ourselves up to those kinds of compromising situations. So traditional institutions like banks and other things, they may they have a role. They make sense for uh, some of the bigger things. And also now they're trying to have, you know, your driver's license number and your other personal information, I guess contained within your wallet as an identifier, but once again, that can be compromised pretty easily, thus putting yeah. you at a serious risk. Decentralized networks are not set up for this level of cybersecurity that is required, and these networks know that. These crypto networks realize this, and it's just becoming like, you know, a problem that they literally created because, you know, I think that, you know, as pointed out in uh, Dan's video, crypto kind of was the emergence of the 2009 financial crisis and there's like two huge movements that kind of sprung from that and like crypto was one of those um part of like the uh, anarcho-capitalistic movement um and because they wanted decentralized banking essential essentially and like a finance 2.0 or whatever the hell they called it and so now we have instead of like you know everything in like one secure location like banks institutions you know now it's bouncing between networks on different computers and like that opens up for so many risks like as we mentioned man in the middle attacks which are incredibly rare in like modern times but very common on decentralized networks like crypto it just seems like a a sketch location for individuals with like the swirly mustaches you know who I don't know, like that classic villain to hop on there and just start ripping people off. So yeah. that is 
Oh, so unsettling. So unsettling that this is where we're headed. No, I really don't think we're heading that way. Although, you know, part of me worries is that crypto will kind of have some role to play in whatever the metaverse ends up being. Um, So, you know, if that does end up happening, I think, you know, we can all just walk off into the sea because I think we'll fully enter the dystopian that we already live in. So. Oh man, that's scary because I if they start incorporating more like crypto and other kind of things like that into our everyday lives and to a point that we have to use them, then it's going to become country. At least right now we can operate our everyday lives without having to have that crossover unless we absolutely want to. But mm-hmm. that changing would change everything. We'd actually maybe stop it from being a uh an actual scam right now which is why i think a lot of these cryptocurrencies are really you know pushing for the metaverse stuff and trying to like get themselves integrated on the metaverse like you're already seeing like people buy real estate for the metaverse and i know we've talked about metaverse like a little bit but i also don't understand what exactly are you buying with the real estate isn't the metaverse supposed to be kind of an infinite space theoretically absolutely Um, so like, I don't really understand like why would I need to buy any of the real estate from you when I could just go sit at my plot of land over here. Uh, but, you know, that's it's just all Once silly. again, I think it's to your, again, to your point that sometimes people just want to flex, man. That's it. People do want to flex. And people are also looking at ways to make money. At the end of the day, this is just people trying to get a money cash grab thing. Like still somehow a year into the whole nft craze it is still not regulated by the sec somehow i don't know why that's the case you could easily right now if you're smart you could make a ton of money selling nfts uh you know it's just a freaking money on the table and it's just you know it's up to you if you want to take it um so i personally have considered it but i don't know if i want to have that on my conscience of me guilt guilting or you know tricking people into buying garbage for no, for a ton of money so scamming and, people essentially and that's a common story that you see because there's a number of i guess these different kinds of groups that have popped up to sell nfts oh yeah they make tons a couple hundred thousand or maybe like a couple million and then they just disappear they disappear i mean there was one i think i don't know if this was covered in his video i can't remember but like literally there was a uh nft project that made like i don't know 2.6 million dollars in uh like a week or something like that and they completely disappeared off the face of the earth and nobody got their money back (laughs) oh yikes and then they tweeted saying like oh we have some server issues and then they never came back so it was a pump and dump scheme i actually think that was a cryptocurrency and not a nft necessarily but these these worlds are so intertwined it's hard to talk about one versus the other same difference yeah what do you think the life so it's been around for about a year and we'll say a year what do you think the life popularity has been around for a little okay. longer than yeah. that yeah yeah so what do you think how long do you think it's gonna last um i think people are quickly realizing how much of a scam it is um especially that video went viral and I think a lot of people are kind of waking up and smelling the coffee. But also, uh, the games industry, funny enough, um, has been trying to implement NFTs into their games, like multiple different companies, like Ubisoft, EA, well, not EA, but I uh, can't remember who else has done it. I know Ubisoft has um, 
some other you know big name studios that I'm just blanking on right now have tried to implement NFTs into their games as some kind of like next step, and almost immediately everyone gives immense amount of backlash and they pull out and say mm. that they're canceling the project. So um, I don't think you know I think NFTs were trying to push into that space because definitely that's a def- like a great space to push into if you can actually get real real world virtual value versus in like an actual game you can maybe get your foot off the ground but everybody has like this universal pushback against any company that tries to work with NFTs and uh, this voice actor who's very very prominent in video games has actually joined up and partnered with NFTs and received so much hate that within a week canceled the partnership with it. So um, people are pretty wow. rabid about NFTs and gamers are not happy about NFTs at all, for sure. Um, so I think the hype is dying down. I still see some people like shilling it out on Twitter and especially celebrities shilling it out recently, like Jimmy Fallon. And I forget who he was talking to where they both showed off their stupid board apes. Um, uh, you know, it might be around a little longer because of that, but it's made itself to the mainstream. I mean, post Malone bought one. Really? Um, yeah. He has a board ape and it has like face tattoos just like his. Um, so if he like actually like bought the actual, like if there was an actual painting of that, that he bought, I'd be like, no, okay. I'm pretty sure he just sense. bought the NFT, so he has like a freaking receipt. So, so yeah, that makes. I mean, I could probably sense. save it right now if I wanted to. You do that. <laughs> just give a give a Post Malone a little shout out and say thank you. I I used to think though that if it ever popped up or say like the first tweet was ever referenced or they used it in some space, if you had the NFT, then essentially you owned it, so that you could somehow get some money from that. And I was like, but I was just like trying to figure out, I know we talked about this early on in like a past episode, like how they would do the attribution and allow someone to get that. But now I understand the promise of NFTs is not that. The promises of what could possibly happen in the future in terms of purchases, and it's not a whole lot. No, it's 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 not. It's it's garbage. It's, yeah. it's all, it's just one giant scam. People trying to make, quick buck um that's all it is at the end of the day it's nothing special and i'm trying to think in the past have this has there been anything kind of like this well i'm where... sure oh oh i got one for you oh go for multi-level it. marketing schemes okay there you go that's what they are M- crypto and nfts are mlms for men <laughs> oh you know what it's great i thought about the Girl Scouts of America. And mind you, I love me some Girl Scout cookies. Oh, I 100%. ordered Girl Scout cookies actually like a couple of days ago. And now you just reminded me like, where the hell are my cookies? Yo, so. okay. I'm glad. I'm glad. But yo, here's the thing. Over time, they've made them smaller. The prices increase. And I'm like, you're using the They made them smaller. I guess I haven't yes. bought Girl Scout cookies in a while. It's like my first. Last year was the first time I bought them in like 10 years. So, really? Uh, yeah. Which kind did you go for? This is a big question. Um, I usually just get like the the tree foils because I can't eat a lot of. The, I just the realized that like dozy does. Can you eat Samoas? I don't know actually, but thin mints and like tree foils, um, I can eat. But uh, Brahman got like the peanut butter ones. So. Dozy does hex yeah. yes hex yes. 
They used to have these things called <laughs> tagalongs. It was like a chocolate and like a wafer. No, it was peanut butter and like a wafer in a like covered in chocolate. That was yeah. fire. That was fire. They oh, not man. have them anymore. No, they like every year. Like the the, the ones that stay are Thin Mints, Dosy Dos, Trefoils, and Samoas. And then they'll work in like a new one and work it out like a year or two later. So I didn't realize that they got smaller though. They looked exactly how I remembered them. <laughs> also remember your hands. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Jeez. Yeah, no, see, that's they got you. They got you. Like I said, a sucker born <laughs> every minute. They said he doesn't look like minute. he's he's bought uh in a while. You think he'll notice the size change? No. You know what also it, is wild is how much the shipping costs on Girl Scout cookies. You know, the shipping is outrageously expensive. It's like twenty bucks. I'm like, oh my god. I'm sorry. It's like You paid shipping for your Girl Scout cookies? Yeah. Bro, they weren't just handing them out like at a. No, no, no. They gave us uh, like a little barcode, the scan, and then like you had to order online. Who these little Girl Scouts give like codes now? Mm Mm-hmm. That's the future, man. This has become a full-blown hustle, and you have to pay (laughs) shipping. No way. No way. I remember my sister used to be a Girl Scout, and we'd get like the giant boxes that would be filled with product. And it was just like you had to put everybody's name on it and then deliver. You but steal wow. any of that product ever, Palmer? <laughs> Maybe once I would. or twice. Maybe. Did you see that box, box here and there? <laughs> I think they just didn't give us the right amount. Oh, man. Got to get on them. They messed up in the factory. No, dude. So, like, yeah. you. But that was the burden was on the troop for the shipping. That's crazy. They're putting it on the consumer now. Yeah, no. It's absurd. Okay? I don't want to pay shipping. Um, but... Yeah, it's uh, kind of sucks. And then um, it cost a lot. All right, it was like thirty bucks, <laughs> and I think it was like ten bucks of shipping. I'm like, that's like forty dollars. Just add it on. Like, that's just so how many much. boxes did you buy? If you say two, five or six. Okay, okay, good support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still a lot. They used to, there was a time when I think there were like two or three dollars. Now they're like yeah, they're like five, five bucks a six. box or something. Goodness. You go through one of those a day, you know what I mean? <laughs> a sleeve an hour, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are rookie man. numbers I'm doing sleeves every 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, I remember my first box of Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> that, but I can't, I can never say no to them. Like the boy, yo, the boy, actually the boys guys are a little easier to say no to. I love popcorn though. So I do usually buy. Oh, is that what they Dunkley. make? They make popcorn? Yeah, dude. I've never been a boy scout and I've never bought boy scout popcorn. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like I've had, they have had caramel. I've had chocolate covered. I've had chocolate covered caramel or caramel covered chocolate. Oh, absurdly good. And then apparently if anybody's listening can, can point me in the right direction. There used to be like cookies and cream popcorn, and I never had it, and I always wanted it, and I'm still waiting today to try it because I heard it was amazing. Mm-hmm. The Adventures of Cookies and Cream. The Adventures of Cookies and Cream. Yeah, it's a game. What is it? <laughs> yeah, it's a game. <laughs> I thought you were talking about my quest to find this yeah. popcorn. Well, this is also a quest. Yeah. Also, go. Yep. There you the go. Adventures of Palmer's Quest <laughs> for Cookies and Cream popcorn. Oh, That's so man. wild. I didn't know that the Boy Scouts made popcorn. Wow, they're not doing a good job because Girl Scout cookies are like all the rage. And no, I never hear everybody anybody say it's like, guess what, guys? It's Boy Scout popcorn season. <laughs> literally, literally, <laughs> dude. The Girl Scouts body, the, like the oh, they're they're out here just giving yeah. hands to the Boy Scouts. Oh <laughs> man, 
they work those streets. I guess they're like that's their big like thing. Like, do they get badges? I don't even know. I know Boy Scouts um, are like in the woods camping, and then I guess popcorn is like the side hustle. But like Girl Scouts, like when is cookie season? We're locked in. I think that was actually the plot of a like Melissa McCarthy movie. She was like a yeah no, it's crazy. She was essentially like a big businesswoman who was like kind of a, a d bag, <laughs> and then she nice. lost it all. And then she realized she could make it all back on like the backs of like Girl Scouts, and so that's what she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. I gotta watch that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. All right, circling back to NFTs <laughs> oh, yeah. here. What we're talking about there, right? Oh, yeah, man. that's what we're talking about. Um, I don't know what else is there to like talk about with these NFTs. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we know that this is just kind of a dumb, a dumb <laughs> thing. It is just dumb. Yeah, and hopefully a very temporary thing. This is just a warning to everybody. Like, if you're thinking about, but just in, literally, you almost have a better shot of just investing your money in like the stock market. Just like. Because that way, at least yeah. you can pull it out and make something bad. It has a tangible value, things. too. Yes. Oh, would you look at that? Would you look at that? So that's, honestly, if I had to give a last word, it's, it's a word of warning. People, be careful with your money. And uh, just try to make those good investments. And I would say severely do research before you know you buy cryptocurrency or NFTs. I know we did an episode on cryptocurrency like almost a year ago at this point, And I think I said it was like, I wouldn't put I would put like a little money in. Yeah, I take that back fully now. <laughs> I'd recommend to not ever touch crypto or NFTs with, you know, a ten foot pole. I was wrong about crypto. I was. Until you know, I started reading more and more about it and I was like, Wow, this is just literal bull it's all bullshit. It's a scam. So, um yeah, no don't even touch it. Don't go near it. I highly recommend watching that uh, video that we talked about. It's called Line Goes Up. Uh, the problem with NFTs, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. If you've got two hours to spare, it's a long one. Um, it, is. it is. And I'm glad actually you brought up the cryptocurrency episode because just in case, we're not giving any financial information or advice out here. Everything is yeah. just us talking. So just make a mental note of that if you're listening to this. It's just our thoughts. It's our thoughts yes. on, you know, this whole space that has captivated people around the world. But it is, um, I don't know. It's in its infancy, and right now its infancy is a scam. So <laughs> it's not looking like it's gonna have a good childhood slash here. <laughs> it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be smoking cigarettes by the time it's six years old. So <laughs> that's one of oh. the way NFTs are going. Yep, <laughs> causing trouble in daycare. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But uh, anything else you'd like to add, Palmer? Anything you want to touch on on the NFT space? That's really, like, I wish I understood. I wish I understood more. Yeah, I think it's complicated it would only, stuff. It would only foster my hatred more, though. So <laughs> I think I, I know what yeah. it is I need to know. Yeah. I think you all, yeah, I think you know what you need to know, and what you know is to stay away and yep. to tell other people to stay away. You know, it's hard for me when people talk to me about, like, yeah, I think crypto is, like, the future. And I'm like, fuck, no, it's not. It's absolutely not. And I don't know how to do this politely. Yep. And I'm just like, well, actually. <laughs> Allow me a moment of your time. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, sorry, I just, you know, I think I just saw God or something. He said that. <laughs> my life. I think my soul left my body. Oh um, my gosh. Um, yeah, dude. It's like you put your hand on their shoulder. You are so lost right now. And I'm going to shepherd <laughs> you back. <laughs> It's like, oh, oh 
Oh, Daniel. <laughs> you will find the way. It will be okay. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to someone like literally a couple of weeks ago, I think, uh, out at a bar. Not the perfect place to have any of this conversation. And they're like, yeah, I'm really like into crypto. I'm like, oh, God. I was just like, oh, no. Please, God. Like, don't let the alcohol make me say something I don't want to say. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to need another whiskey, please. <laughs> make it a you double. Buddy, I, think, I think you, buddy, you should stop right now. Just, uh... How about oh, we man. table this conversation? <laughs> and um, let's move on. But, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough out there. Yeah. It's hard for me to talk to anybody about it now. It's just like I... Who or who's into it? I'm like, I have so many words, and I none know. of them are nice. <laughs> it's unfortunate, like calling somebody's baby ugly, and you're just like, I don't know how to say it. We can, we can improve upon it. it. We can do things from here, maybe <laughs> help, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. I have considered plastic it. surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have to be now? No rush on it. No maybe rush. sooner rather than later, though. <laughs> maybe they'll grow out of it. You know, they're still early. Still early. <laughs> Puberty is a heck of a thing. Who knows? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, all right. Well, that's all we've got today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We're the What You Got Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Bud. Joined with me, as always, is Jordan Palmer. We Make sure you drop a follow wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we are also on YouTube, so make sure you go drop us a subscribe over there if you want to see it. It usually comes out a little later than the audio version. And uh, follow us on social media. So, Palmer, why don't you uh, give us one more time, or actually the first time on the first social time, media. first time. <laughs> All right, you can follow us on Instagram at What You Got Podcast, what is spelled W H A T C H A, or on Twitter at What You Got Cast, which is spelled the same way. And our show is every Monday, so stay tuned next week. We're late this week, but we apologize. And 